Welcome to People's Church Podcast. Basically, the premise of wisdom is that it is the way that God created and put all things together. It is out of which all order exists. And the further that you move from God's order and God's created order, the more chaos you will have. That goes for creation and it also goes for life. We find that today in the world that you and I live, the wisdom of God is actually quite disparaged. No longer is it treasured in the high halls of leadership in our world. The wisdom from God set this entire universe on its course and ordered it. Around you and I right now, there are laws that are at work that are allowing you to live and to breathe and to go forward. If any one of those laws are adjusted with any type of even minutia, you cease to exist. This very planet rests on the most finest of details of law and expression and order. You just take and just change a few degrees what this planet is and you change your ability to live. All of these things are ordered in the detail of God, and he says he established it through wisdom, by wisdom. So he's putting wisdom forward in the first person in this particular chapter to say, if you have a good relationship with me, I will bring order into your life. I am going to bring you the kinds of things that men and women pursue in life and never find, because they can only be found in me. Wisdom is the abilities to have God work his order in our life. You are created by God. You exist because of his own will and his own choice. But how you exist, the kind of life that you live, is going to be practiced on the basis of your relationship with his wisdom. And the wisdom of God is set forward within the Holy Scriptures, Genesis through Revelation. There we have very clear mandates of what God's purpose is for you and for the planet and for the eternity of every soul. In there we find his story and our story intertwined, that our story only exists and has meaning because his story is there. We find wisdom for even the smallest things in life. No matter what you're experiencing right now or today, the wisdom of God is where you will find the order, the direction, the clarity to be able to go forward or to change or to build life. So often we just get in tight little cycles of information and we try this. It's sort of just that self-help book, you know, you buy it, you read a chapter and you try and inaugurate something. And sometimes you get some limited value from these things. But the real value is in having a relationship with wisdom that is coming through your heart and through your mind as God has set out the path for you when you go through the very things that you're experiencing right now. So wisdom is an absolutely fundamental thing that God put in order that you might be able to know him and know his ways and produce his ways in every part of your life. So wisdom is the crown, the crown of of the life that God wants to bring to you and that he wants you to live. What do you think is the most precious or the most, can we say, valuable gemstone that there is? Anybody want to take a whack at that one? It's the ruby. Most people are going to think it's a diamond or something like that, right? Well, they're close. But a ruby, except when you get the purest of rubies, and by the way, today, 90% of the ruby market comes from Burma, uh, which is now Myanmar. So all all of the rubies are coming from basically one area of the world, and there is one mine there that produces the most purest, the most sought after rubies. And they are what they call the blood red rubies. And they have this sparkle that has this deep luster. They are unmistakably of high quality. And those things far outstrip the price of diamonds or any other gem on the planet. Rubies. And it's interesting that thousands of years ago in the scriptures, it is written like this, Proverbs 8.11. She read it, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Not one thing. 
He's saying that there's, there is no comparison to this wisdom. So what I'm talking to you about is making a better life, but how do you make a better life if you take out God's wisdom from bringing order into areas of your life? See, most of the time when we hit things in life, we just dive into our own resources. And, and you know, you've got some good experiences and you've got some good natural wisdom that you can draw on, but often it falls so very, very short. And so what happens is that we just kind of do what we can and it never really hits the mark or gets to where you want it to go. The wisdom from God is far more complete. It is something beyond your knowledge base. It's something beyond your experience base. It's something that he can bring to you, not through your experience, but something that is unique and spiritual. We're gonna talk about that a little bit. But it is more desired than than anything. If if you really wanna find a comparison model, the Bible says there is no comparison model. You get this, you get amazing things. You get the way to live. You get God's order. God's created order, which is meant to be a flourishing life that we live. Not where everything in this planet goes your way, but where you have everything you need as you live on this planet. In the next verse that we've got up here is Proverbs 4, 7. It says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Have you ever, you know, heard about somebody else's decision and you say, oh boy, that wasn't very good judgment. Or maybe you can reflect back on your own life and say, I did not make good judgment here. I mean, that is because we are really limited in that. But getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And he's talking about getting wisdom that God provides. Proverbs 9, 12 says, if you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. More or less, wisdom in that's what we just read. And if you read Proverbs, and I'd recommend you do that. Uh, It can be a great month of just reading one chapter of Proverbs a day. And that'll take you through a 31-day month. So if you did that, you're going to find that the key thing that we see with wisdom, it's always entreating us. It's saying, come get me. Come. I'm waiting for you to come and get me. It's, it's just something that's there. It's already been made available. It's not that it might be made available. It's that it is available, but you have to go get it. And he's saying, if you do that, you will become the one that's gonna benefit from that. But he says, warning, if you step out of God's wisdom, if you step out of God's order, and by the way, this is what's so concerning about our day and age, is God's created order. Um, When God was finished creation, he said this, didn't he? He said said this, oh, it's good, it's good. And, And more or less he's saying, it's complete. It's as I wanted it. It's as he built it through wisdom and how he set things to be. And then he creates man and woman, and he says, this is good. The only thing he did say when he created Adam and there was was no woman yet, uh, he said, it's not good. That's the only time you find it. Hey guys, it's not good to just be alone and independent and cut off downstairs on your TV. But anyway, then he created woman, and then he says, this is right. This is what it's supposed to be. That order was set in place. And then they end up having children, the family. He's saying, that's good. This is good. This is my order. This is my created order. When we start moving outside that order and we start redefining, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're recreating not just things like family or relationships or even the very planet that we're on. We are recreating God because he doesn't separate himself from his wisdom. And what happens today is that there's this recreation of God going on. So if we don't like the wisdom, if we don't like the plans coming forward, if it doesn't fit with our current wave, then frankly, we just recreate order. And we say, well, now what was order before is now disorder. Have you ever wondered when you look around at the world and you just hear and see craziness and it's like, wow. What happens when we move away from God, we get chaos. When we move away from God's wisdom and God's order, we get chaos because we end up not just recreating the order itself, but we're recreating God itself, making him in our image rather than being made in his. And that is where wisdom is only found when God is God and you're not. And you're not in the recreation mode. You are in the learning mode. You're in the, I want to know more about this God. And you're growing in your knowledge towards God.
One of the men that really understood this, and he's known uh, as a man that's attached to wisdom, is Solomon. Let's take a look at the benefits of wisdom. In this scripture, I've just put, Solomon has just become king. David is now gone. And Solomon has been the one that's been chosen. He's kind of really overwhelmed with the task is what's gone on. And then we have this exchange. He has just had a, a time at the uh, tabernacle where they have uh, offered a lot of sacrifices, things having to do with repentance and rightness with God, just being right with God. And then God appears to him. In verse 7, it starts that night. God appeared to Solomon and said, what do you want? Okay, stop right there. That's a big question. What do you want? Okay, just sitting where you are right now, what do you want? Well, I want our, my relationship to be improved. Uh, I, I want my mental health to be improved. I, I would love my physical health to improve. I, I want my joy to return to me. I, I want our financial situation changed. I want, what is it? What do you want? And here we have Solomon being asked that incredible question. What do you want? Now, this is God asking. It doesn't mean much if I ask you the question, but if God asks you this question, wow, big question. And then he says, ask and I will give it to you. More or less, carte blanche. Solomon, carte blanche. You just ask what you want. What do you want? Goes on, Solomon replied to God, you show great and faithful love to God, or to David, my father, and now you have made me king in his place. Oh, Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly, for who could possibly govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people, and you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies, or a long life, but rather you asked for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested, but I will also give you wealth, riches, and fame, such as no other king has had before you or will ever have in the future. I, I, don't, I don't know if I would have asked what Solomon, you know, or answered the way Solomon did. He's obviously looking at his task ahead and the people he's taken over and in, in how the nation has now become such flourishing under David, it is spread, it is spread out and it is now a very, very strong nation. And they're strong in so many ways as God had blessed King David. And Solomon's taken over and I think that's looking at his dad and saying, you really loved him and blessed him. Like you were rare with him. I see your hand on his life. You know, I look at my own dad and I can see the hand of God in my father's life. I really can. He was, a, he was a great man in many, many ways. Many reflections. His wisdom was very, very strong. And because he really leaned on God. My dad was a man of prayer and his biggest prayer was God, give me wisdom. He was a businessman. And he did very well and took risks and he raised a big family and conquered a lot of mountains and stuff in life. You know, that kind of spurs me on a little bit when I look at that and saying, you know, I, I don't want to waste the lineage I'm coming from. I, I want to pick that up and, and I, want, I, want to, I want your blessing on me too, Lord, in this. And that's kind of what Solomon's doing here. Solomon is looking at this and saying, you were with him. Now you've put me over all of these people. And then, Lord, there are a lot of people. There's, these are big challenges. There's a lot of mountains here. This is a big deal. Like, and I... I want you to give me the wisdom and knowledge so I can really do a great job. He's saying, I recognize there's a fundamental here. I saw it in my dad's life and I see it as a need in mine. I need this fundamental because I want to make a great life. I want to be someone that takes up from strength and then makes it much stronger. And so he asks for this ability to lead and govern these people well. And so God says, okay, because your greatest desire is to help your people. You know, one of the things about wisdom that makes it so pure is when it is applied, not just towards your own things, but when it's applied in a way that goes through you. It goes through you to your family. Give me wisdom to lead our family. So instead of just saying, oh, fix it, 
It might be, Lord, I need your wisdom and your knowledge to lead well here because I, I, I really come up short on this. I need this. Instead of just financial you know, reaction, it's, it's instead more along the lines of, I need your wisdom and your knowledge on this because, Lord, I, I'm not great on my own on this. I will follow. I really need this because I want to bless my family. I want to bless people around me. When it's through us, there's, this, there's incredible power that can come through wisdom and knowledge. But Hear what God does with him, Solomon. He says, you didn't ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies, or a long life. Now, I can see a lot of people praying those things, just individually. Our wealth issues, you know, the riches, the fame, um, the enemies, just deal with them, and, uh, or a long life. These are things we normally would see ourselves front-ending in our prayer. But this morning, I want you to reflect upon maybe the better choice being wisdom. And here he says, but rather you ask for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested, but I'm also going to give you wealth, riches, and fame, such as no other king has had before you. Because he's saying, saying, look, if, if you get wisdom, every other doorway opens up. Instead of just focusing on one doorway, He's saying, get the fundamental that opens all doorways. Instead of just focusing and saying, God, I want, I want you know, to me, give me wealth or give me, give, give me health or, you know, long life, whatever. Instead of focusing on just one thing, he's saying, here is the big thing. This is the thing that I created all of the universe with and set it in order and my laws govern it and that's the what I have used. I want you to use it. I can give it to you. I want you to have the very thing I used to create it all. Which would you rather have? You know, one little piece? Or the ability to be able to go down whatever doorway you need to and find that God has given you wisdom and knowledge as you go. Here's some things, some benefits of wisdom. We're going to quickly do this. Proverbs 24, 14, you can have a bright future. You may be sure that wisdom is good for the soul. Get wisdom and you have a bright future. See, a lot of you, when you look at the future, you might be looking at it with trepidation. You might be looking at it just through the lens of only the past. And he's saying, you've got so many false lenses that are going to be incomplete. He's saying, what I want you to do is have a bright future. And to do that, wisdom, get wisdom. Next is you will succeed. Proverbs 19, 8. Those who get wisdom do themselves a favor. And those who love learning will succeed. He's talking about now where real success is going to come from. You're going to do yourself a favor when you get wisdom. Because wisdom, again, is a fundamental that will move you to... How can you be really wise in God's wisdom and not succeed? Oh, yeah, I'm really wise. Look at all the things I don't succeed at. God's wisdom is a source of that. Will give you honor is the next one. Treasure wisdom and it will make you great. Hold on to it and it will bring you honor. Because wisdom is a treasure. It's, it's, it's like the most expensive gemstone. It is far beyond that. It's way more valuable than the most expensive gemstone. Live wisely, live longer. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life, Proverbs 9.11. Have more power in life. Wise people have great power. Those with knowledge have great strength, Proverbs 24.5. A good reputation. Wise people will gain an honorable reputation, but stupid people will only add to their own disgrace, Proverbs 3.35. I, I, why that is because I am making the same foolish mistakes the path of life leaves upward for the prudent man so that he may escape going down to the netherworld. You know, you have these cycles of mistakes in life and it, everybody's going to make mistakes. The, the foolish part comes in because we just keep repeatedly making the very same things. Here's seven major benefits from just a few scriptures. Long life, wealth, honor, pleasant life, protection, happiness, true life. Here it is. Wisdom offers you long life as well as wealth and honor. Wisdom can make your life pleasant and lead you safely through it. Those who become wise are happy. Wisdom will give them life. 
you will also get around barriers and have less mistakes. Nothing will stand in your way if you walk wisely and you will not stumble when you run. It is learned. It is a choice. Get wisdom. Develop. Develop. That's learn. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words. That's learn. Or turn away from them. That's choice. It is learned. It is a choice. More or less, it's available to everybody. It's available to you today. You can actually get wisdom. You can move towards what it's inviting you to. It has said, come to me. It's shouting. It's yelling. It's come to me. So where do you find wisdom? Proverbs 8, 12 says, I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. Here he brings in a little bit different flavor or words. He puts it together with good judgment, discover knowledge and discernment. Good judgment is wisdom. Uh, knowledge is the ability to have things, you've got a good knowledge, and sometimes when we look at it, Further down, you're going to find it's knowledge that comes directly from God and discernment, to be able to tell what's right and wrong, what is evil, what is good, to have discernment, to know those things, to know the heart. Have you ever tried to figure out the heart of another person that you're, in maybe you're working some kind of, of, of business deal with or you're working some kind of a, uh, a issue with or, and you're trying to discern where their heart is? That's an act of wisdom is discerning. We're going to see that. So all of this, I want it to lead us to a very key part of some New Testament scriptures that we'll read here, 1 Corinthians 12. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now note where it comes from. Now we're talking about in the New Testament, a wisdom that is not just experiential, but something that you do seek out, but what do you seek to get it? And here we find the origination of that is the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit, he's saying, for to one is given by the Holy Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So we've got two things introduced to us here so far. And Paul is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he can give. And these are two of them right away. God has words of wisdom for whatever you're facing today that's confusing you, holding you back, frustrating you in the way, or just big decisions to be made, maybe little decisions to be made. And you're not sure what to do. Wherever there's the unknowns or there's a little confusion or there's, there's the idea of I'm just not sure what the right thing to do is. God has an ability to bring you a word of wisdom but where does it source out of the Holy Spirit now the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity and he comes into our life when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior he comes into your life he's now in a different relationship to you than just God creating he's now in a relationship that is intimate and he is going to develop in you this relationship with God, not just religion or the practice of some uh, doctrine, but rather the living out of a living relationship. Part of that living relationship is him speaking into your areas of living right now. So where right now in your life, where's those little gaps or big gaps? What do I do? How do I do it? When do I do it? Where do I do it? Sometimes why? The idea being that there's gaps. There's always gaps in your decision making. You know, you go to make the best decision you can, but we never have the complete picture. When you're gonna make decisions in life, you don't ever have a complete picture. You always have gaps involved. So what makes up your gap? You talk to some other people, they give you an opinion, they say, well, maybe you should try this or do that. That's a good thing, nothing wrong with that. You, there's, there's that's a great way to, to try and reach out and get some wisdom to close your gaps. But God is saying, don't cut me out of the process here. If you're a follower of mine, if you've received Christ, I am in your life. I am right there. My Holy Spirit was put in you. And he is the seal that you are my child and that I am your father. And so I want you to seek it out from him. And you're calling out to the Holy Spirit and saying, I need you to fill the gap in. 
I need the information. Now, sometimes it's interesting because we have sort of what we think we, the right thing should do is, and we just have resistance to doing the right thing because we assess cost and we assess how it's going to affect us or that we lose control in our minds. But I want to encourage you that God's way is the way that order will be brought, that the best things will come, that you will get the benefits that we read about earlier, but not if you're going to live in resistance to the wisdom you already have from God. And certainly if you're not going to seek out new wisdom for the gaps of decision making in this life, you are not going to experience the best until you get on your knees or you get before God or you're driving down you know, the road in your truck and you're calling out to God and saying, God... I don't know all what to do here. I got some big gaps here. Oh, that our leaders would have that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit. Fill in the gaps, Lord. What is the right way? What is the way that we need to, what do we do here with this child? What do we do with this grown adult child? What do we do? Fill in the gaps. Because we can only know so much. And we still don't really know the right thing to do. What do we do, Lord, with this situation of, that we are battling with each other within this marriage? What do we do? What do I do? I got gaps. I need you to fill in the gaps. I need your wisdom. That wisdom is a different form of wisdom. He doesn't reach into your experience. He doesn't reach backwards. He reaches into the presence of a spirit in your life and he drops wisdom into your mind and coaches you and brings you along and he begins to whisper and develop what, the, what you can bring to the gap, what he wants you to do. And if you will, by faith, start to embrace as he starts to bring that wisdom, as you start to embrace that, it will unfold for you. And when it unfolds for you, you will find that he will close your gaps and all of a sudden you're making good decisions because you have good judgment sometimes God says things like hey you're going to hold up here right now I'm putting a little weight on you slow it down sometimes he does that sometimes he does it the opposite and he says hey I'm giving you a little boot in the pants here let's go come on you're holding back on this for the wrong reasons just let's make the take the decision take the risk let's go he does it all different kinds of ways. But when you understand that he is, his voice, you start to learn his voice and you start to understand that scriptures are really a manual for living. You start to practically, your faith starts to kick in to affect every area of your life. So wisdom is a fundamental that set the universe in place. Why would we not look for it in our lives, in all of our areas of living, especially when the Holy Spirit is in the life of the believer? There's one more in here. He puts in the word of wisdom given by the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge. Wisdom is along more the application. Knowledge is the information. So we're finding here that the Spirit will give you information. He will show you how to apply. And there's one more in here just further down. It's, and this is sort of recognizes the three revelation gifts that are here. In verse 17, it says, he's asking, asking God, the glorious Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge. I'm sorry, I want to go back one. To another in verse 10, to another discerning of spirits. This is a really incredibly important one um, because when you're working in this world like to discern the spirit of a person or to discern the spirit that might be affecting a person, you know, if it's just, if it's just you working with people and sometimes, you know, they're, they're just, there can be wrong-spirited things. There can be right-spirited. And to discern, is this person genuine? What's really behind this? What is really a part of their spirit? To discern that is something that God can say, hang on, I want to be very careful here because this person that, that you're in this particular decision-making time with, I, I, want, I want you to be careful here because something's off. If you ever get that something's off button go, going on, you know? It's sort of like that yellow. You don't really have a red, 
But you get that yellow, something's off. Something's off. Something's off. And, and, and it's, it's not so much about their, their words. It's not so much about um, their skills. It's not so much about anything that you can measure in that hard data. But it's something in the soft data in behind. That I, there's just something wrong here. That might be the whisper of the Holy Spirit into your life. And he's saying, be cautious here. I want to be cautious because the words are right, the skills are right. But what's in behind? There's something that's not there. Take a listen. Ask for discernment. Lord, help me to discern. And if he turns that yellow into a red, I don't care how skilled the person is, don't hire them. I don't care how, how, how much they might know or what their experience might be. Do not make them a part of your life. So many people have not discerned the spirit of another person before they go to the altar and give, give vows of marriage for the rest of their lives. They got all the right words These three make up a wisdom from God. Directly wisdom or application. A word of knowledge which is plays into just pieces of knowledge that come from God alone. That God gives you information that you didn't draw from you know, some other source. You just know God has arranged and put this by your, by your desk or, or came across you know, your computer and here's a piece of information. It's like he whispers saying, that, take note, take note right now. That's from me. Grab that piece of information. And then the discerning. To be able to have a good yellow light and then to walk that into discernment saying, God, show me. Show me. And if that turns to red, don't go forward. Don't move. Don't make that decision. Hold up. If it goes green, go. If you have all three, go. But if you really want to develop good judgment in life, it's going to take all three of these. One is applying truth to your life. One is learning truth. And the other is coming into discerning the hearts of the people involved. This is the abilities that we have if the Holy Spirit is in us. And the Holy Spirit is in every person that has simply received Jesus Christ as their Savior. A simple prayer of faith, a leaning into God, a receiving of the gift of grace and mercy for sin. And the Holy Spirit comes in and he seals that work and says, I'm here present to affirm to you and tell you that God has made you his. Now use it. We need it in this world right now. There is so much deception and it's growing in this world. How do you discern and how do you, how do you move forward without that pieces of knowledge or the wisdom? You're going to be led by the culture and the culture is changing rapidly. Anybody aware of that? There is rapid changes around structural items in our culture. Things that have been set in order that God put in order, not man. And God put it in order. It's sort of like we're in an age where we, we feel that we can negate gravity. And say, it just don't work. I'm just going to dismiss it. I don't like gravity. So, no, I'm not stupid. I'm way too old to be doing that kind of stuff. My younger days, I would have done it. You negate gravity, you pay a price. Simply because you can't change that. There's a, there's a cost. There's a penalty. And he says that. We read that earlier. And that's what is bringing a lot more chaos into our world. But for you, you can live in order. You can live with God's order functioning in your life. But you must be somebody that's seeking out this kind of wisdom. And if you have never received Christ, you should receive him because you need the Holy Spirit for this kind of wisdom. This is not experiential only. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. Given by the Spirit, the word of the wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, the discerning of spirits by the same Spirit. By the same Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. God's Spirit. What an incredible opportunity we have. In Ephesians 1, 16 through 19, we find the same kind of premise. 
he, Paul is writing and he says, I'm not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, but here's what I want you to catch. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom. Did you catch that? This isn't experiential wisdom. This is spiritual wisdom, meaning God's source, spirit source, the Holy Spirit. Saying, I, I, I pray, I thank God for you, but here's what I pray. I pray that he will give you spiritual wisdom. So Paul is looking at this same format of wisdom in life and saying, guys, you need this. I pray he gives it to you and I pray he gives it to you in spades. And then he says wisdom and insight so that you might grow in what? In your knowledge of God. For what reason? Because the more you grow in the knowledge of God, the less chaos you will create in your life because you are acting in good judgment and good wisdom. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, not gray, not confused, not dark, but clear, so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, anybody who's received Jesus, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him or believe him when we come to this we learn that God is saying to you I have all kinds of power that's not the issue the issue is my power will not divorce itself from my wisdom I want you to have spiritual wisdom so that my power can flow through your life so often often we jump one gate too far and we jump immediately to you give me the power and God is saying First, you start seeking my wisdom. You get spiritual wisdom. You get the kind of wisdom that only I can bring you, that only the Spirit of God can source for you. I know that many of all, all of us are facing all kinds of situations in life, and if you're not, just you know, wait 20 minutes. Life is full of challenges. That's not bad. That's actually good. I know, I know a lot of them are uncomfortable and losses are never fun. But every one of the things that you face are an opportunity for God to express his spiritual wisdom into your life and into your generations. So Solomon, here he is. He's got a carte blanche. What can I do for you? Ask whatever you want. You got it. Imagine that. And he discerns. I know what I want. I want to do good for the people I lead. I want to make sure that I really fulfill the things that I've been intended to fulfill. I want to achieve the purpose that you have designed me for. I want to live a life that is connected to your order for my life. Give me wisdom and knowledge. One of his first cases that came up was two ladies. They were actually prostitutes. But they both had, were giving birth to children at the very same time and they were living in the same residence. And so one, when the babies were born, both moms are in bed, the babies are with them in the bed. And one of them um, happens, I guess, to roll on top and smothers the baby, the baby dies. So what she does is she gets out of bed, takes her dead baby and exchanges it with the other woman's. They wake up in the morning and the other woman knows this isn't her baby. And she figures out what has happened and so she has booked a case in front and this case came to the king. So Solomon, he has these two women brought in with, with, this, with this living baby and the dispute is whose baby this is. So Solomon, he makes a judgment. He says to his guard, take the living baby. After the, both women have made their case and get in their story, this is what she did. She traded babies. 
no, it's my baby, and all of this back and forth. He says, take the living baby. Take your sword, cut it in half, give half to each. To which the mom of the baby said, no, don't do that. Give her the baby. She can have the baby. Solomon said, oh, there's the one. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment. They're available to you to make the hardest judgments in life where the gaps are really huge and the voices are really loud and the pain is deep. There is wisdom that comes from God, spiritual wisdom. But you must seek it. You must seek it and he will give it. He will not hold back. We read in the book of James that if you will ask for wisdom, he's saying, I certainly won't hold back. I will give you all of the wisdom that you need. I will never hold back from that prayer. You pray for wisdom, I promise you, I will give you wisdom. I'll never hold back from that prayer. You have a yes before you even pray it. Not a lot of prayers you have a yes before you pray it. This is one. You pray for wisdom, you always get yes. I'll give it to you. Why does he have this for us so readily available? Is because this is, you, this is how God operates. This is how he builds anything. This is how he creates anything. His whole plan is based on, on wisdom. Everything about you is based on wisdom. He has created you wonderfully. The psalmist says, I am created wonderfully. Right in my mother's womb, I was woven together and just the way that I was to be. And this is what God does. It's all by his wisdom. And he's saying, buy into this. Seek it out. Too often we are rash. We just jump in even when we think we have the answer and we don't look at the gap. How many have thought they made a good decision and found out, ooh, that wasn't so good. Don't raise your hand. And certainly don't elbow him right now. Wisdom. So where do you need it today? Well, I'll answer that one for me. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Where do I go to get it? Holy Spirit, you're in me. Father, you've given me your spirit. Direct the gap filling for me. Give me your word of wisdom. Give me a, the word of knowledge. Give, fill in the gap. Uh, give me, Lord, discernment to discern the hearts of this. Give me that, Lord. This is a powerful prayer. Why don't we do it? Very simple. It's very simple why we don't. Because when we pray for God's wisdom, we abandon our own. Would you stand with me, please? Mm -hmm. In Romans 8, 26 to 28, I finish with this scripture. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Wow. <laughs> what do you say to that except thank you? Because I got so much weakness, Lord. Thank you. For example, he says, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Maybe right now you're a little puzzled what to even pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. More or less, he feels your heart before he hears your words. Can I put it that way for you? He feels your heart before he hears your words. So even when you think you stumble around in words, prayer is not words, prayer is heart. Our words never really seem to get the right 
You know what I mean? It's hard sometimes to get that language, isn't it? But here he says, right here he just tells us, you know, we don't know uh, what what, uh, God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So he's saying it's a matter of the heart. I I know the rhythms of your heart. I know where your heart is at, and I'm on the job with you. Just turn it to me. Give it to me. Just give it to him. And uh, the Father who knows all hearts, those of you who think you're the mystery man or woman on the planet, you are not. He knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. So he knows all hearts, and he knows what the Spirit is saying. This is, this is wonderful. The Father knows your heart, and he knows what the Spirit is saying. So he hears these two things. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So to pray this kind of prayer, you have to have this sense of harmony with God's will that I'm not fighting your will here. It's not like I will abandon my own for yours. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. God has that relationship with him and are called according to his purpose for them. Quick summation. I don't know what your first battle is. I don't know what's drawing your energy right now the most or your focus. Here's what I do know. God knows your heart and he knows what the Spirit is saying. Did you know the Holy Spirit is praying for you? interceding for you. He's doing that. When you express that desire from the heart and you don't even have the words, you're not a wordsmith. Man, I stumble in my prayers a lot, people. It's like I can't find the words to even say this or ask this, Lord, but you know what's tumbling around. I just need your wisdom. I give it to you. I just surrender. I I don't even know how to put this one out there. Once we're in that position and God's will is the kind of the, well, it's not kind of, it is the thing that you're focused on in your situation instead of owning it. I really, my heart is, I want this marriage to work. I know I've got a lot of junk. I know I've got a lot of things I don't even want to talk about or face or, or, or I got it, some resentment and bitterness. I got all this stuff, but right now that's all my will junk. I, I, I want your will. That's a hard move, isn't it? But if you want God's wisdom, seek it out. And his wisdom will always align with his will. And then you trust his will. And you trust his order. And God will put in order how he wants it ordered. God will put in order what has become disordered. God will do it. It's for you. Maybe the relationship doesn't make it, but for crying out loud, you can, and you can be put into order, but don't try and find order from you controlling and bringing things into disorder. That goes for everything. So if you love God and you're called according to his purpose, and that's what you're surrendered to, then you can know God is gonna cause everything, even the bad junk, to be a part of working for the good. Fathers, we bow our heads before you. What an amazing God you are. You speak and worlds are created, laws are put in place, life emerges. It's actually just astounding we need your word to speak we need our order uh, to be set by you and where there's disorder we need to get our hearts aligned with you so that you can bring order with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your savior there's your beginning of everything coming into God's order because he 
loved you. He sent his son to die for you on the cross. He paid for your sins. His death was your death. And he offers you eternal life through Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, the Son of God. And all that you do is simply faith by faith, receive Christ as your Savior. That's as simple as it is. And he brings mercy, he brings grace, and the Holy Spirit will come into your life in this very moment of decision. He comes into your life and you begin a journey of learning how to walk in the Spirit of God. So if you've never ever received Christ as your Savior, here's a little prayer you can borrow from me in the quietness of your own heart and it's simple if you use your own words if you like, but it will be like this. Father, thank you for loving me and having purpose for me. I'm glad that you purposed my life. I see disorder. I see a lot of my self-centeredness. I want to, like Solomon, have a life that has lived well blessing others. I ask you to come into my life to forgive my sins so that I can be right with you, that I can move from the disorder that sin and self-centeredness brings to the order that your spirit brings. So I receive you now. I surrender my life to the God who gave me life. And I receive Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace extended for every sin, past, present, future. Now teach me how to hear your spirit and walk with him. If you're a believer today, make a surrender decision. A simple decision that has to do with maybe some of the struggles where it's always your wisdom you're choosing. It's always that trying to fill the gap in your own strain and tensions of life. Find the rest and peace that comes by embracing the wisdom that only God can bring. Spiritual wisdom because of his Holy Spirit in you. Rest, trust, and call out to him as best you can, but he'll read your heart. Thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. Bless us this day, and may wisdom grow because our surrender and our hunger for it grows. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.